You have reached Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey, a ministry and podcast of the Discover Young Adults Ministry at the Preston Crest Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. We meet at 945 on Sunday mornings, and we have small groups all throughout the week. We are located at Preston Road and Highway 635 in North Dallas. My name is Jacob Hawk. I'm the Young Adults Minister and the host of this podcast. It doesn't matter if you are single, dating, if you want to be dating, if you're married, if you want to be married, or if you're divorced, or if you're trying to figure out at what stage of life you are passing through. At the Discover Young Adults Ministry, we want to help you discover life, discover love, and discover the Lord. If I can help you or serve you in any way, or if I can pray for you, please email me at jacob at pressandcrest.org. Well, I want to welcome you back to Road Talk Navigating Your Journey. I know that it has been quite a while since we recorded a new episode. There have been a lot of things going on in my life and here at the uh, Ministry of Preston Crest Church of Christ. I am in the throes of doctoral dissertation work this summer, but I'm hoping to get back into a constant rhythm of recording some podcast episodes. Thank you to those who've reached out wondering where they are. Uh, They are back, at least for the time being. For the last several months, we have been going through a study of the book of 1 Corinthians in the Discover Young Adults Ministry here at Preston Crest. I've learned a lot of things in preparation for this study, and here are some thoughts that I thought would be maybe interesting to you as a listener about different questions that people have concerning the Christian life, and one of them is, what will our bodies be like in heaven? And as you probably well know, the Apostle Paul deals with that question directly in 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. The Corinthians, they really did not have a hard time believing in the idea of the resurrection. Many of them could have been eyewitness accounts to the fact, but what they really did have a hard time believing was the fact that they themselves would have a resurrection. And that's a big purpose of the writing of 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, is Paul reminding the Corinthians that they too will be resurrected just like Jesus, and answering maybe a few questions that they had about the process that many people still have today. And we know that this was something they were struggling with because Paul deals with one of their questions specifically in verses 35 and 36 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15 when he asked the question, How are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? When it came to the thought of the resurrection, there were two big ideas, two big obstacles that the Corinthians were going to have to overcome to believe in their own resurrection. The first one is something we hear still today. How will God put back together all of the bodies that have died? They just couldn't fathom how God would reassemble, if you please, bodies that have long since passed. And people still wonder that today. What about all of these bodies that have decomposed in the ground for thousands of years, or people who have been burned or drowned or lost or severed in war? How will they be put back together? That's really not a question we can answer We can know this for sure. If God created the world out of nothing, surely he can figure this out as well. The Corinthians also had to overcome Gnostic influences, Gnostic ideology. 
You've probably heard of the Gnostics before from the Greek word gnosis. They believed that anything which was spiritual was good, any physical matter was evil. And so the Gnostic would question the idea of the resurrection, saying, well, why would you want to go back to a physical form? If physical form is evil and a spiritual form is good. This, of course, equating resurrection with a bodily resurrection of some type that would have a physical human body. There are a lot of questions out there that, again, we can't answer, and it is good to remember the phraseology that Paul uses in verse 51 when he says, listen, I tell you a mystery. This will always be a mystery to us and for us. We'll never know for sure how it's going to work until it happens. Because no one has died, come back to earth to tell us about it in a resurrected form. So we only have a glimpse until the time comes. But we do have a glimpse, and I do think it's interesting for us to at least consider. So the text for today, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning in verse 50, I'll just read through verse 54 and make a few observations. Paul says, I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. Some have joked that that verse right there is the New Testament authority for a nursery in the church building. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. Then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. When it comes to this passage, there are really two different opinions for what our resurrected forms will be like. The first one being floating spirits. The second one being more of spiritual bodies. I'll deal with the floating spirits first. Those who would subscribe to the view that we will have floating-type spirits in heaven as our resurrected form base their understanding on verse 50 that says, Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That's a reasonable point, but that's the only point that they give. There's not much evidence beyond that one verse that we will be floating spirits in heaven. But they point back to that verse and they will say, Well, we can't be anything less than that. Or anything more than that, because Paul makes the statement, we won't have a body because we won't be flesh and blood. That, of course, does not consider the possibility of a spiritual body without flesh and blood. Paul probably penned those words with Gnostic thinking in mind once again, that physical form is evil, spiritual form is is good. Also, let's talk for a moment about that word different. Different does not necessarily mean completely opposite. A Chevy is different than a Ford, but they're still very similar. One's made by General Motors, one's made by the Ford Motor Company. They're different automobiles, but they are both automobiles. A Chevy and a Ford, however, are completely different than a skateboard or a bicycle. So Paul could be saying that when we get to heaven, 
we may have a Chevy when we had a Ford on Earth. Which, in my opinion, I would have it the other way around. I think Ford's a better vehicle, at least in this day and time. But he could be saying we'll have a different body, which is still very similar to what we had on Earth, but at the same time, it will be a little bit different. Now, again, the second view is what some have called the spiritual body. Not the floating spirit, but the spiritual body. And this view really gains credibility if we jump back a few verses to verses 37 and 40 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, when Paul says, When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed perhaps of wheat or something else. But God gives it a body as he is determined, and to each kind of seed he gives its own body. All flesh is not the same. Men have one kind of flesh, animals have another, birds another, and fish another. There are also heavenly bodies and there are earthly bodies, but the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind and the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. That's a very important statement. There are heavenly bodies and they are, there are earthly bodies, but the splendor of the heavenly body is one kind and the splendor of the earthly body is another. And he makes the point when someone plants a seed, what rises comes from that seed, but it's different than what was originally planted. When we look at the life of Jesus, Jesus did some things post-resurrection that he did not do pre-resurrection. In his resurrected form, he appeared places out of nowhere. He disappeared places when people weren't expecting him to disappear, and he would appear and disappear without travel. On one occasion, he's in Jerusalem, and then on another occasion, he's seen in Galilee. We know in post-resurrected form, he walks through doors. I'm not saying he couldn't have done that in pre-resurrected form. He was the Son of God. He just chose not to. But there was something that changed about him from pre-resurrection to post-resurrection, yet Jesus still had a body. In resurrected form, Jesus still had a body. And there are many verses in the New Testament that speak to us having a resurrected body like his. Do you remember these words from Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 through 21? Paul says, The Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. The Lord is going to transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body. In some form or fashion, we are going to have a resurrected body like Jesus's. Now, I've heard some people say, well, that must mean then that we're all going to be 33 years old post-resurrection form, because that's how old Jesus was when he died. That sounds good until you start thinking through all of those challenges. I don't think we're all going to be just like Jesus at 33 unless we're all going to be males from Middle East with a beard. What about people who don't live to be 33? What about a child who passes away at the age of 4 or 5? Are they going to be 33 in the afterlife and post-resurrected form? I don't think that's what Paul is advocating. I think Paul's just saying that our resurrected form is going to be similar to Jesus' resurrected. John says a similar thing in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. 
We know that when Jesus appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. I don't think John's saying we're going to be like him in character, but we'll be more like him in physical, resurrected form. Or even Acts chapter 1, verse 11. When Jesus is ascending, Luke tells us this same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. And I think what Luke could be saying is not only is he going to return into the earth's atmosphere the same way that he left, riding on a cloud of glory, but he will have the same appearance that he did almost 2,000 years ago. That's his resurrected body. So if we are going to have a resurrected body like Jesus' resurrected body, it begs the question, what do we see Jesus doing post-resurrection? Well, in those six weeks that he remains on earth after Resurrection Sunday, we see him walking, we see him talking, we see him eating, thank goodness, we see him laughing, we see him fellowshipping. There's even one occasion where we see him cooking. It would stand to reason that we could be doing all of those things in heaven, at least minus the cooking. I don't cook on earth, so I really am not that interested in cooking in heaven. I am interested in eating in heaven, and we know for sure that Jesus does that in post-resurrected form. It's also interesting to note that if you remember, once Jesus disclosed who he was to people after the resurrection, they recognized him. But it wasn't until he disclosed to them who he was. But he was, at that point, physically recognizable. You know who was also physically recognizable in post-resurrected form in the New Testament? Moses and Elijah on the Mount of Transfiguration. For some reason, Peter, James, and John knew who Moses and Elijah were. Now, we may not have the full story in our Bible. Maybe Moses and Elijah told them who they were, but I don't think so. I think they recognized that they were standing in the presence of two incredible heroes of the Jewish faith, Moses who represented the law, Elijah who represented the prophets. Is it possible that in the same way they recognized Moses and Elijah and Jesus, we will recognize each other in heaven, that our spiritual form will look similar to our physical form, at least enough that it's recognizable, while at the same time, it's still very different. Again, none of this we can know for sure. In the words of Paul, it's all a mystery. We won't understand it until it happens. But my friends, as we read through 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and as we live this Christian life, here are three things that we can know for sure. Post-resurrection, we will have some type of a different body. We also know that it will be an improved version. But most of all, in Christ, death does not win. When we lose our loved ones here on earth, it's not a goodbye. It's a see you later. Because in Christ, death does not win. And that is the hope of the gospel. I hope you have a great day. Thank you again for 
giving us some of your time here at Road Talk. As always, keep your eyes on heaven, and I look forward to speaking with you 